What uh, radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that? Where's that? Well, good evening from wherever you may be. This is Sean Teschner broadcasting live from the Dad Shack at beautiful Lake Sawyer in Black Diamond, Washington. Hey, Greg. This is Sean from the Sean Tester Show. Thank you for calling me. I'm just responding to your voicemail. I'm uh, I'm talking tonight about a very serious subject regarding uh, things that make people, you know, people's lives hell, either at work or at home. I'm getting quite a few different calls, and uh, I wanted to call you because, uh, as a former friend and coworker. I remember you moving from Washington down to California and hearing some of the horror stories about the political correctness that's taking place in the computer world. I understand you went to work as a computer coder and you've kind of drifted between companies, some American-owned and some foreign-owned. We won't mention which countries but or the names of the corporations for fear of being sued. Um, but I want to let you know you are being audio recorded and anything you share on this show becomes property of the show. For dollars and for distribution across the net worldwide. Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, we won't use your last name, um, but I think what you have to share is really important. Uh, the focus here is on the political correctness in the workplace, uh, what it's like to be a guy, say, in a female-dominated uh, field, if not a male-dominated field. And i kind of like to get your input on some of the horror stories you've told me in the past. So with that in mind, thanks for calling in and, and being a guest on our show. Sure. Well, well I'd say the, the cards are definitely stacked against the, uh, you know, it's all identity politics now, so I'd, I'd probably uh, get into the, the white Protestant male group. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I kind of did technology because I enjoyed the work. I wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't interested in any of the politics, but that's pretty hard to avoid. Not always. I, I do think things are getting better, but uh, I've worked with a lot of companies where, uh, where the, uh, being an American citizen was actually a liability. Oh, and, really? You know, perception really, perception and reality have not met for a very long time in this country. Uh, you know, it's usually the there's a lot of projection and, and a lot of politics and everything now. So it, a lot of times, what you hear is is the exact opposite of the truth. Uh, there's no power in belonging to this uh, particular group, especially in the tech industry. There's a lot more power than just being a foreign citizen. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, I, but this is changing with Trump, unfortunately. I've, I've seen some really good uh, changes. 
life hell at work specifically what makes your life going to work absolute hell what keeps you from doing your job or liking your job well I, I'll give you an example of my latest job which you know I'm about to leave and real happy to just be in a different culture very soon but there were red flags uh, all over the place when I, when I first joined this company the first one was a uh, you know female manager you walk in her office and she's got a poster on her wall saying it's girls world and boys just live here and a <laughs> huge red flag. Oh, great. Yeah, that, and that's pretty much the attitude. Uh, so it's a revolving door. Nobody wants to work with her. And that comes as no surprise. She, she, uh, I think she's very insecure at it. This is not atypical at all for this type of person. It's a this kind of female prototype to uh, be insecure and want to have control over everything. You know, especially people. She especially feels threatened by people who know more than she does. Hmm. And uh, my brother worked in the um, in the aerospace industry, and he was telling me about all the young engineers being graduated from school who can't even put a wiring bundle together and these are people who are working on the aircraft we're going to put our families on I, I heard stories of that you know before I left Seattle Boeing had uh, they've been hiring most of the manufacturers literally under the bridge you know mostly uh, Vietnamese back then and you know I'm, if you know you know me I <laughs> Certainly have nothing against Vietnamese, but that seemed to be one of the greatest qualifications for getting a job there. Greg, we and don't want to mention the names of specific companies. We'll just say airplane companies because um, yeah. we want to avoid airplane being business. sued. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let well, the public fill uncommon. in the rest and read between the lines. Yeah, yeah certainly not uncommon. Uh, now, don't think I don't appreciate your candidness and your your um, truth. I do. Uh, we just have to be extremely careful to hold on to the shekels we have left because we're not getting any younger. Oh, yeah. Did yeah, you I'm see a disparaging a difference between pay for new hires versus someone like you with lots of experience? Oh, absolutely. All the time. Uh, one of the first companies I worked for down here in California, there had actually been a coup against the QA manager and there was an Indian QA manager led the coup and after that he would only hire Indian Hindus so in addition to discriminating against American workers it was also discriminating against Muslim Indians so I actually had two Muslim friends who told me about him right away they they wouldn't be considered because they were Muslim one was from Pakistan one was from Egypt still good friends of mine to this day and certainly well qualified but and he would ask them in the interview are you what's your religion and then he oh wow you're not supposed to ask that that's amazing 
that he even got away with that. You know, I appreciate the fact, Greg, that you're you're speaking with a balance here. Not all Muslims are bad people, not all Jews, not all Christians, not all Hindus. So I'm glad you're making that point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The main point is there's a different set of standards according to uh, your demographic group. So he certainly was able to get a lot away with a lot more than I would be. And he was certainly a lot more biased than I am. You mean people in other countries can actually be racist? <laughs> You're kidding. They're a lot better at it than we are, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll be darned. So you found you found out in the workplace you've got sexism, racism going on, uh, favoritism and nepotism when it comes to hiring friends and family and cultural groups, etc. Did you have a hard time with understanding anybody's English? No, that, that's not too much of a problem. Of course, they, when they don't want you to know what they're talking about, they'll switch to their own language. And the experience has been different. Uh, you'd be surprised a lot of Indians now that I'm meeting are, are quite conservative and we share a lot of the same ideals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't the case, uh, say, 10 years ago. It certainly is now. So it, it's hard to generalize too much, but... But definitely de- certain demographic groups are, have a lower set of standards. They're able to get away with a lot more. You know, I, Greg, there was a, a gal who was telling me about a hurricane that had hit the Philippines a few years back, and they were collecting money for donations for the hurricane victims in Tacloban in the Philippines. And there was a huge amount of people here in Seattle that donated, and about 25,000 of that, 100,000 came from the Vietnamese community. They had remembered how the Filipinos and the Thai had treated them and brought them into refugee camps after the Vietnam War. And they had become successful in America, and they had decided to give back. And my hat comes off to the Vietnamese and the Thai people for helping the Filipinos. You know, I I wish that would happen more often to America. I, I know there was a Canadian years ago who had a radio show, and he mentioned that America is always coming to everybody else's rescue, but nobody ever comes to ours. Hardly ever. Except on 9-11 when the Canadians helped us when our planes couldn't land here in America. That aside, so you're finding out that there are things at work that can make your life absolute hell. And, Greg, where are the landmines? Where are the things, where are the ambushes that you've got to avoid so you don't lose your job as a 56-year-old um Caucasian American male in the IT industry. Well, well I, I don't really play the game very much, so I just make sure that I'm above reproach for the most part. I recently worked in a company where I think from the first week I was labeled as a uh, an unfriendly, and you know, everyone in the tech department noticed it. Uh, but I didn't participate in those games. Uh, I wasn't interested in power struggles or drama, uh, <laughs> titles or position or even salary. I just, you know, you weren't collecting. You weren't collecting stars and bars and scalps. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. But when people attempt to do it to me, they're they're often surprised at how I'm able to uh, handle the situation. It's like you're made so with I, Teflon. 
just bounces right off. Uh, it's worked real well. It, it, the, the best way to stay above reproach is to, to simply go in there and, and produce results. How about this one, Greg? If you don't want to be a target, don't paint yourself as a target. <laughs> right? Yeah, not, certainly not interested in being a victim. I don't know where the honor is in that. Let me tell you but, this, Greg. You know. This I'll tell you how I survived the work world in America. Um, as a teacher, I find out most of the time that I'm working with females. Um, the educational industry has become probably 80% or 90% female, very few males. And when the males are there, they're, they're either janitors, security officers, or they're put in charge of 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. And I'll tell you, that's a tough position to be in. And uh, a lot of times, you know, these ladies will go to the faculty room and they'll graze. When I say graze, I mean they'll sit there and eat all the food and gain all kinds of weight and then tell all their horror stories about what it's like to be married or who they're angry at. And I've learned to just sit in my classroom and not go to the faculty room because it's safer. I don't want to get involved in any of those little conversations, any of that drama. I don't want to be... Uh, told that Mr. T looked at me the wrong way, any of that kind of stuff. Because those are all traps. I don't tell anybody about my personal life. I just clock in, do the job, and I go home. And I've even told kids, hey, I'm not in the caring business. I'm in the teaching business. So if you don't like it, go complain to the principal, fill out the complaint form, we'll address it in a year after you're out of here. That's the attitude I've developed, honestly. Well, that's the... The only attitude there is in the workplace now. It's really sad. I used to have fun when I started this career, if you want to call it that, and my prior one. You know, we used to tell jokes, have fun, go out together, have drinks, have parties. Mm -hmm. But things have really changed. And I, I'd say they really started changing in the, the new millennium. Uh, and I thought it was California since I came down here at that time. Because I am around an L.A. culture where, which is well known for its uh, passive aggressiveness. Backstabbing. 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 They, they are. And taking scalps. Back. Taking scalps especially. Well, no question about it. And I, I've worked all over the country, and I, I notice the cultural differences wherever I go. And in this office... I have to laugh about it sometimes, but the Americans don't hang out at all because nobody trusts anybody. So everybody goes wow. out to lunch by themselves. Nobody talks to each other. Nobody socializes all day long. Yeah, you know, it's a good thing I enjoy my work, and that's all I do. I just I just do my work, and I I'd rather not let anyone know anything about me either. Yeah. Uh, you know the Indians, though, boy, they sure stick together and kind of envy them for that you know at times they look after each other and we used to be that way when i was growing up now we're we're always looking for a scalp you know there's no cohesion among americans and it doesn't race that isn't even a an issue there it's just american you know? it's amazing that any work gets done it well actually is they discourage you from being you know it's a lot like working for labor unions now um, I was on a labor crew once where I was, you know, the only guy that did belong to a union. Oh, and really? we were digging ditches, and, and the union guys were making 12 an hour, and I was making 8 an hour. 
and I just kept digging. You know, I'm just that way. I'm kind of a, you could call me like a machine. I just, just focus on my task. And the union guys are telling me to slow down that I was making them look bad. <laughs> and, and it's that way where I'm working now. If I do too much work, it breeds contempt. Hmm. And you really, people feel threatened by you. You feel threatened if you know too much, do too much. And they will target you. They'll, they'll try to knock you down. But that's, not everyone will do that. It, it's a small, what we used to call a small man's disease. Mm-hmm. And women, women seem to have that small man's disease uh, a lot more. They just, I think they've been uh, convinced that they they are a small man and they have to do more to prove themselves. So they, they have this attitude where they, they're more likely to be threatened before anyone else. Well, you know, Greg, from what I've read and I've listened to Jordan Peterson on YouTube, um, this third wave of feminism has really hurt women. Uh, there are a lot of women out there who are just scared. Um, they're expected to not only have full-time jobs, but to be full-time mothers, full-time wives. And they're only getting paid for eight hours a day of that. Um, I'm, I'm thinking here as if I were a woman. We've got to be fair and balanced here because there are going to be women calling into this show and hopefully they'll give me their side of the story. The, the sad thing is that people can't be themselves at work anymore. It's, it's become a slave society. Uh, we've learned to put our own handcuffs on. We've learned to you know, put a, get a ball gig in our own mouths and um, sit there, do our jobs, and go home. And there is no sense of family or community anymore at work. And that's how the devils wanted it, and now the devil's in charge. And uh, as they say, the devil's in the details. And when I say you're either in line for stars and bars or scalps, you know, think about the military and these guys that become officers and all they care about is their paychecks and their promotions, and they send guys like you and me out and we get killed. You know, they don't care. As long as they get their pension, it's all that matters. And that's a sad thing that's happened in America is the ethics and morals and having a moral compass seems to have disappeared, especially in the workplace. You don't see many people jumping on their swords to turn in wrongdoing either. They see something wrong, they just turn their heads, look the other way and say, it's not my problem. Well, I'm sorry to say here, I can't disagree with you on most of those points. But the more people that that simply refuse to to adapt this new culture, the, the better things will be. But, but you know, there are a lot of a lot of cowards out there. People that are afraid to to do the right thing, to speak up. To, you know, I've gone to HR more than once, more than one company, and I've had people. Every time there's a real issue. People always ask me to do the talking because they're too afraid to do so. And even when they're given a chance to speak up, they won't. I mean, a lot of people really are cowards. Well, they're 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 handcuffed. Their lips are sewn shut, and they do it for a paycheck. You know, when you trade your soul for dollars, um, who are you really? It's like in the Bible when when Christ said. What hath a man if he gain the whole world but lose his soul? You know, think about it. The happiest I've ever been working is when I've been self-employed. 
You know, and I have customers that are a pain. I can tell right away from the very start before we've even signed a contract that they're going to be problems. Forget it. I don't do the job. And that comes from experience and wisdom. And luckily, I've never been sued. But I always, like like you, I try to do the best job I can from start to finish and have no callbacks and no reason for them to want to sue me. But people like you, you know, you go into work, you do the job, you're there for a certain number of hours, they have an expectation that you're going to produce, and then there are all these interruptions. I know years ago I used to work with you at a bank. Remember when we used to get called into the big room with 90 employees and they had some new manager, and first thing that somebody said was, this person's going to be gone in 90 days, reinventing the wheel, trying to tell us how to do our jobs. Best thing they could have done, just left us alone, took the job, sat back, and let us produce, right? Well, any manager's worth their weight knows that, you know, this is a different age. You're not supposed to sit there and delegate and boss people around. And uh, when you do that, you're not going to be successful. You have to build people up, and you have to establish... Have to or want to? There's a difference. You know, if there's a need or a want... I keep hearing about these IT folks that are here in Seattle, you know, down on Fremont where the Googlers and all the big fish tech companies are, and they they bring these kids beers at their desks, they let them ride skateboards or bring their pets into work or set up a cot next to their desk. I mean, it's a totally different work environment. They don't even have to wear ties. Can you imagine that, coming to work without a tie on? Um, I remember when the last time I ever got a bonus was back in 1995 working at the bank with you. Remember? Oh, yeah. In fact, I was just talking about that the other day. And I've just uh, gotten an offer uh, over the past two weeks where I'm going to be uh, qualified for bonuses. The first mm-hmm. time since we worked together. Wow. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it all 25 years. That's a long time, and I remember celebrating that night. Mm-hmm. But it all boils down to attitude, and, and you know, I always remember what Sun Tzu said. He, it's not the not the army; it's the generals, and it really is management. It's all it's all top down. Greg, the attitude comes from the top. Greg, the one thing I've always respected about you: you can always see five steps ahead on the chessboard. You've worked in fishing. You've worked with people overseas in Thailand, Japan, other places. You've got a wealth, you've got an education that other people haven't got. And you're smart. You know where to probe for the landmines so you don't step on them. There aren't many people who can do that. That's a skill. One thing about you, Greg, you have good people skills. You know how to talk. Um, And that's probably, I don't know how much you know in IT, but in my opinion, that's the best thing about you. You're you got you got people skills. You got human sense, not business sense, but human sense. Well, it's very important. Yeah, you, you have to know how to. Even in an industry like this, you have to know how to uh, deal with people. And you have to. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunately become more important than than I had hoped for getting into this industry. I hope to avoid a lot of these pitfalls. But yeah. Uh, yeah Politics like it is, and it's really, politics is just a way of manipulating people and turning them against each other. 
mm-hmm. knowing what it is, uh, you, you really have to divide and conquer. That's that's the game, and you, you can't don't get into that game because that you're gonna lose in the end if you play that game. You might feel good in the you know the beginning, but it never ends well for anybody. Well, Greg, I'm very happy that you called into the show. Um, I value your opinion. Uh, as I said, I've worked with you before, but I think people out there in America and other parts of the world need to hear from someone such as yourself. You've had a vast experience of different jobs. You've had your, you've been a blue collar worker, a white collar worker. You've got a college degree, and you're one of those rare exceptions where people you get along with people because you have people sense, not just business sense. Thank you for calling the Sean Teshner Show. It's been a joy having you here. Thank you. Good luck to you. All right, Greg. Thank you so much. Again, if you have an idea for a topic for this show, please call us at 425-247-8827 and leave a message. Or you can email me at trashner at hotmail.com. like to take out the trash. When I taught school, the kids couldn't pronounce or spell Teshner, so they called me Mr. Trashner, and it stuck. It was easy for parents to get a hold of me. should be easy for you to do it as well. Thanks for listening. Till next time, I'm Sean Teshner.